The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good morning and welcome to Your Life, Your Money right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I am Chris Creston, joined as always by Kelvin the Money Guy. Who is Kelvin the Money Guy? He is one of the top financial advisors in the country and just an all-around nice guy. Great guy to have on the radio. Great guy to have in your corner when we're talking about finances. If you've got a financial advisor, you need a second opinion, give him a call. If you don't have a financial advisor and you want to check your own work and see uh, if there's anything that you could be improving on, another great reason to give Kelvin a call. You can call him anytime, 416-457-7526. That's 416 416- Four five seven plan, and you can visit his website askkelvin.ca. That's ask k e l v i n dot c a. And later on in the show, I'll tell you how you can very quickly and easily schedule a call with Kelvin. Take all the guesswork of having to call him and leave an awkward message, like you're trying to you know pick up a girl in high school <laughs> or something like that. You just <laughs> you're not cold calling or anything. You schedule a call, and you will be able to make an appointment with Kelvin to have. A 30 minute chat just to go over whatever it is going on in your life and your money and your money life so that you can make sure that you are on the right track to make sure that you're financially sound, that your family's financially sound, and maybe you're financially sound for generations going forward. And that's something we're going to be talking about here as uh, the topic for this week's show. Kelvin, how you doing? Hey, Chris, good morning. Good. How are things? With good, the kids. Good. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's an ever-changing world. Uh, and for my life, it's an ever-changing world too. My twins are now uh, just over two weeks old. Wow. And and it's sort of timely because we're today we're going to be talking a little bit about estate planning, which is something that I've sort of kept in the back of my mind, but you always sort of put it off. And it's one of those mm-hmm. things you don't necessarily think about. I talk to a guy about life insurance. I talk to a guy about this and that and will and this and that. I haven't actually put pen to paper. I don't have anything really going going to protect these two little lives I just brought yeah. into the world and make sure that they're going to be financially sound going forward, let alone, you know, myself. So right. that I think is an important thing. And yeah, I think it's something that we don't really talk about. You know, when you're having beers with your buddies, you're not sitting down and having a conversation about What's your estate planning process? You're having, if you're having a Pinot with the girlfriends, you're not going to sit down and talk about, well, how are you set up for the next generation? Like that's not something that comes up, right? Somewhere in between chatting about sports and whatever happened on the bachelorette, you're not going to discuss what's happening in your finances that way. Well, you know, we spend all of our time, actually all these shows that we talk about and other money shows, and we talk about saving money, planning our retirement, RSPs, growth in our money, um, all these things that we do. And what happens if we die? Like all the sacrifice that we made, um, these investments, all the markets up and down anxieties. And we rarely give any, um, any thoughts about how, we, how do we transfer our wealth to the next generation? How do we protect a lot of money from the, uh, from the government? Mm-hmm. Um, not that we not, don't want to pay our fair share, but uh, sometimes if we do a little bit of planning, we can save some money. You know, 
It's often assumed that wealthy Canadians uh, have it all figured out when passing money from one generation to the next, right? You know, all these bank towers, while well, they were filled with people, specialists, um, mm-hmm. you know, doing doing everything they could to maximize the amount of money that we keep out of the government's hand, you know? Um, it's funny, RBC did a, a survey and they found that most high net worth Canadians are not prepared or, or unprepared, I should say, to transfer their inheritance. Really? Um, yeah, they say that fewer, that one in four have a full plan in place. That's one in four. Wow. And, and that's a lot of money, you know, a lot of taxes changing hands. And I think uh, if we, we, we rarely sit down and do this, we, we don't, we never talk about it. In fact, I talk about it sometimes with clients and then they leave it on the, on the wayside because it's something we don't, we don't want to talk about it because it's associated with dying. Right. Right. And it's something I think we're sort of a death denying culture. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to talk about it. It can be depressing, but there's a way to make it a little less depressing. And that would be to make sure that you've got everything set up Mm -hmm. and you've got your ducks in a row. And you know, what's the old idiom about the only constants in life being death and taxes. And that's really what you have to deal with. And, (laughs) and you, you have no choice. You're going to have to deal with death and taxes. And when you die, someone's going to have to pay some taxes and you got to figure all that out. And, and, and although half, half of uh, net worth, high net worth family tend to pass on all their wealth for their heirs a lot a lot of them are not uh, prepared to do that so they don't do any pre-planning i guess it's because what happens is we get caught up in our you know you're a business owner you get caught up in your business trying to make more money how to do things more efficient and we give little time to how do we keep our money and not give a lot of it to the tax man so I thought I'd come up with a few strategies. There's lots of them, but I thought I would get maybe six um, important ones. Not They're all important, but these, I think, are all the most important ones that we should do. And the first one is the family trust. So, so what's what that? Exactly. Yeah, just uh, yeah. I can think of a family trust. I'm thinking of you know a, a wealthy family, and I, I've heard of trust funds and things like that. What, what is a family trust? So the ordinary guy, person, people can set it up. It's a trusts are a key pillar to estate planning. What it does, it allows the older generation to dictate how much money will be passed on to whom and when. So unlike a will, a will we'll get to down the road, but a family trust we don't talk about. People really don't talk about it. So, so the trust also avoids probate taxes. So unlike a will, which becomes a public document, a family trust allows a family's wealth to remain secret. Hmm. This is this is one thing, you know, and it also helps the family to prevent legal battles between the heirs. So these, these are things for really, really wealthy people that have lots and lots and lots of money that don't want the public to know what they have and so on, which is which is okay. But it, it also applies to the common people like us. Um, you know, there's a lot of costs and stuff involved. So before you get into the family trust, you need to realize, you know, what, what are the costs and so on. So really all, all the trust is, it, it's a streamlined process of transferring um, an estate after you die. Really, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, like, it's like a will, but a little bit more stuff that goes into it, for lack of a better word. So people that have, you know, if you have an advisor, 
give them a call and reach out to them and see, are you a candidate uh, for a family trust? Can you afford it? That kind of stuff. Because we don't talk about it too much. Because when we when we think of family trust, we think of, oh, my gosh, like people like uh, Rogers and, you know, these, all the wealthy families in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how they pass on their money. But I think it applies also to us, to the regular guy, you know? So yeah, and crazy. that's the thing. And I think that we sort of rule out some of these things. We get these connotations in our head. Like this is like for some like fancy media baron, like you say, like the Rogers family or something like right. that. And then you think, well, you know, that's not that's nothing that I could do. But there's ways that you can work it out so that uh, and if you can avoid taxes and make sure that you the money that you've earned is going to your family, then that's great. There's no stone should be left unturned in that project to make sure that your family and, is set up. And, and the trust is more of a more efficient way to trans to give money to the, to the next generation, to your kids or whoever, uh, because it avoids a lot of things like probate. And sometimes when your money gets caught up in probate, especially now with the COVID, it used to take about three months to go through the courts and all that stuff. Now, I heard it takes about eight months, eight to nine months. Wow. So if your money is being probated, um, you got to wait. So if you have to pay funeral costs and things like that, well, you're going to have to take it out of your own pocket. What if you don't? So the family trust has a lot of, uh, although it costs more, it has a lot of benefits to it. So people should reach out to their advisor and find out if they, is there something they should do or, or, you know, give me a call and or go on my website and ask the questions and we can see if you can help you there. So that's, that's an important one. Um, and it's a little bit complicated. The very easy one for all of us, and you talked about it when you said insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, life insurance, we associate it with death, right? Right. But life insurance is really, I would say, for living people, because what happens is it's the most effective way to transfer the estate to your next generation. It handles a lot of things like capital gate, like it'll pay for a lot of things like capital gains tax and so on. Life insurance is the only thing that's not taxable upon death. So the government hasn't messed around with that yet, but maybe it's coming. We don't know, right? Everything's on the table because of the pandemic. So the one thing about life insurance um, is it's um, if they change the rule, it's grandfather, your grandfather. So, you, so they can't go backwards. They can only go forward as of that day, right? And in some of the past, some of the things they call life insurance really love insurance because you're buying it for somebody that you love, right? So it, it's a really daunting thing. So, so if, you have a, if you have a cottage, right? Or rental, rental properties, a lot of people over the last five to 10 years bought you know, condos and things like that. Well, what they don't realize is one day you're going to have to pay the capital gains tax. So if you bought a house or a condo or a rental property back in, I don't know, five years ago for $500,000, it's probably a million bucks. So that $500,000 is subject to tax whenever, whenever you may sell it. So what you want to do is figure out what's your tax liability in the future and maybe buy a life insurance today to cover the taxes down the road. So for example, you have your you have a $500,000 capital gains tax, you're going to pay about $200,000 in tax, right? On that. So what you do is you buy a $200,000 life insurance. So when you die, your kids or whoever 
pays the capital gains tax, but then the insurance gives you back the 200,000, so you're squared, so you're squared up. The proceeds from a life insurance policy are, are tax-free. So you could build up your wealth inside an insurance policy so that it minimizes or eliminates, in some cases, all the taxes that you may have to pay. So it's a very powerful tool. In fact, life insurance, or insurance, I should say, is one of the pillars of financial planning. Yet many of us in the financial industry, we, we, you know, we talk about RSPs and TFSAs and that kind of stuff. And I think we don't really talk about insurance um, as a tax planning tool ever, I don't think. You know? and, and because the population is getting older, um, and you know, if you're in your 60s and you own a cottage and so on, and maybe after the break, I'll, maybe I'll go into that a, a little bit more. Great. And I think that that's important because there's so many people who do own a second property, whether it is an investment property like a condo or something like that or a cottage that, you know, obviously there's a, an, an interest in keeping it in the family or maybe selling it so that you can spread that money amongst your children. There's a lot that you can that goes into that and someone's going to have to pay the taxes on that. And insurance as a tax planning principle is something that you said not a lot of people are thinking about. And that's what sets Kelvin apart as one of the top financial advisors in the country. He's thinking about a lot of things that not everybody is thinking about, and he can bring that to your financial plan. And you can set up a call with Kelvin at askkelvin.ca. I'll go into the details on that a little bit later. That's askkelvin.ca. Stay tuned to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to Your Life, Your Money right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I am Chris Creston, joined as always by Kelvin, the money guy. You can visit his website, askkelvin.ca. That's ask, K-E-L-V-I-N dot C-A. And today we've been talking about estate planning and uh, planning for the next generation, planning for how you're going to be able to transfer the money that you've earned in your life to the next generation, something I'm thinking about a lot is I've got two week old twins crying probably in the background. If you haven't heard them yet, you'll, you will hear them by the end of the show. I can promise you that. Uh, but as we're talking about it, oh, Kelvin, we're, you're talking about, you've talked before about how it's not just you, you've got a team of people and we've got a member of your team right here on the show right now. Yeah. Like I say, you know, I, I only know what I know. And the things I don't know, because people ask me questions, I go and seek the advice. And at CART here, we have a lot of uh, experienced people, knowledgeable that know everything, a lot of things about what they know. So I rely on their help to help me, to help others to do what they need to do more efficiently. So it's funny that we're talking about insurance, because I have here our National Director of Advanced Planning for CART. And George, well, George, you tell us what you do. Yeah, so no, I, we work together working on these kind of, um, of opportunities where, where, you know, we're looking at estate planning and, and, you know, when we talk about estate planning and insurance, it's really not that complicated. At the end of the day, you know, when you die, the government is going to tax your entire net worth, everything you own from your house to your RSPs to any investments you have. So, you know, if you do nothing, when you die, you will owe tax, period. 
So your choice is do nothing, pay those taxes out of your estate, or use insurance, which works out much, much more cost-effective than doing nothing. And that's it. That's pretty much as simple as it is. Talking to Kelvin, the money guy, of course, and the other voice you hear is George Ramos, the National Director of Advanced Planning for CART Financial. And George, you know, talking about insurance, I think a lot of people find it a daunting subject. And, you know, you start looking into it, you see the costs and the upfront costs sort of scare you away from it. But you're saying it's much more financial, uh, financially sound to try and use it to uh, pay, cover those tax costs in the future. And do you think that people are sort of clouded? They can't see the forest for the trees when they're buying that kind of uh, product? Yeah, I think people get hung up as soon as they hear the word insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you separate that, if, if here's a, a metaphor. I, I use, if, if, you, if I were to show you a, you know, a building across the street and, and this building is worth a million dollars, but I could offer you for a hundred thousand or, or 50,000, would you buy it? I'm like, well, every day. Done. Well, and that's and that's all you got to look at. If I can show you a proposal that say, look, you're going to owe a million dollars when you die, but you could pay it off with 50,000. Does that make sense? That's that it. Like so a great deal. That it's insurance. Just just look at the pure numbers. If the numbers make sense, then it's a good strategy. I, I think, you know, when we hear the word, like you said, insurance, we associate it with dying and we and we don't associate it with plant with uh, saving money from the tax man. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's too bad it's not another word for insurance because uh, more people I think would do it because I think when we, from my experience anyways, when we talk to people, oh, Calvin, I want to talk about life insurance. It's a scam. We don't like it. <laughs> people will rip us off and things like that. Yeah. But it's the exact opposite, right, George? Exactly. You know, a lot of the clients we work with have acquired some level of assets and it doesn't have to be a huge number. But once you start to really think about, okay, what happens when I die? If you forget the insurance, just have that exercise. What happens when you die? What are the taxes you're going to owe? And you'd be surprised if once you have, let's say, you know, half a million dollars in an RSP, that gets taxed at half. That's 250000 in tax right there, mm-hmm. right? Not to mention anything else you've acquired. So if you do nothing, you're going to owe a quarter million. But if you bought this joint policy, maybe it's only 10000 20000 for the same quarter million. And what's a joint policy? What is that? I heard about joint last die. What is that? Right. So a lot of people, when they do insurance, they, they put insurance on their own life. That's a, a traditional single life policy. When we're talking about for a state, right. the state taxes are only due when both the husband and the wife pass away. So we don't need a policy on individual lives. We need a policy that pays out when both husband and wife pass when away. When the last spouse The dies. last one dies. That's when the tax bill is due. That's when the insurance pays out. And the advantage to, the, to, the, to you, the, to the, 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 the mom and dad, is that the policy is almost half the cost of an individual policy. So again, coming back to numbers, it's much, much more cost effective to do a joint policy. Right, right. And it's so interesting because I think that it's just another case where we're all guilty of being a little, you know, penny wise, but pound foolish, where we you know, look at all the little costs that we have in our lives and we don't think about how we can save big at the end of our life and save. And that's for not, you know, not necessarily thinking about yourself. That's thinking about your kids. And, and you know, I think with this capital gains tax that they're thinking of raising to 75 percent of your mm-hmm. marginal tax rate. I think it's really important for people that are listening to speak to their advisor or give us a call and kind of put pen to paper and have some plan that if it happens, maybe we want to do, and that leads me to my next topic, an estate freeze. Mm -hmm. 
So, so you know, estate freeze is really, when we think about it again, like we think of family trust, we think about rich people, business owners, right? So business owners have like a $890,000 capital lifetime exemption or something like that. Maybe George, you know, I'm glad you're here because you're more equipped to talk. I just know the basics of things yeah. and maybe we want to keep it basic, but can you tell us estate freeze that for the average yeah. guy too or? yeah so estate freeze is great it's a great concept which that has a business should be looking at this so it does need to be an incorporated business for starters and where it really fits is a so imagine you know a, a family they started a company years ago and they've done all right in the business you know if they were to sell it now it's worth two three million dollars so it's not a huge company but it it sustains the family well a three million dollar company you know, when they pass away, is going to be taxed as if uh, like a capital gain. So $3 million value started from nothing. That's a million and a half of uh, taxable growth. And at the top tax bracket, that's 700,000 tax. So even that company is going to be hit with 700,000 tax. Wow. Where this exemption comes in, it says, listen, the first $900,000 of growth will be tax-free. Okay, so if mom and dad own that company together, they they start together, they each have an exemption. So now they have $1.8 million exemption, but it's a $3 million company. There's still another 1.2 of growth. So it's not going to do everything, but at least it eliminated some tax. So if they haven't used that exemption, that capital gains exemption, they should definitely use it. The estate freeze, though, takes another layer just to jump in. The state freeze goes another layer, says, once you take your exemptions, then bring your kids in to be shareholders. So we have more exemptions. We have the kids now with their exemptions. So that takes a little more planning, and we'd love to discuss further with you. But uh, and that's and, basically it. Yeah. And that's the whole thing about about this is that I just know what I know, investments and things like that. But when it comes to, like I say, we grow the investments and we do well. Well, what happens to the taxes? And that's I think on a go forward is going to be a bigger problem for most Canadians than, than the markets going up and down. I mean, I mean, there's like 30 years and we notice every 10 years or so your money doubles, right? Mm-hmm. Here or there, we know the pandemic, Chris, you talked about all the markets and things like that. But this estate planning, I don't think we talk enough about it. And I don't think as advisors that we're knowledgeable enough to know the ins and outs. And that's why there's somebody like George who does really advanced planning. And when I talk about advanced planning, I don't mean it just for the super wealthy guy, it's more for everyone, right, George? Agreed. Yeah. I mean, at these days, anyone that's, you know, had a reasonable job has acquired some assets. And, you know, houses these days in Toronto started a million dollars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, you have your... You're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just yeah. bought a house in Newmarket and it, and it's, it costs, you know, as much as you would expect a house in, in Toronto to cost. You know, it's, it's it's hugely expensive for so many families. And that's a big asset, too. Exactly. So there's the home. You have some RSPs, a few non-registered. Very quickly, you have some assets. Mm-hmm. So the point is, this estate planning applies for anyone with any level of assets. And look how many people, you know, that are older that have cottages they bought, I don't mm-hmm. know, like 50 right. years, like 20 grand, man. And now they're worth, I don't know, a couple of million. Mm-hmm. That's a huge liability, right. right? And think of all the people we were talking earlier in the show before you join us, George, that have condos, rentals, yeah. and they don't understand the tax liabilities of, about what's going to happen. It's nice to say it's growing in assets and all right. of that kind of stuff. But how? what do I do today? 
to prevent paying all that tax down the road. I mean, you can't pay zero tax, right? But you're gonna have you can minimize it, and I think that's the gist of, of what we're trying to say. Yeah. Well, it, and George, I, I think it's so important that you brought up also the family businesses because you know so many of the listeners out there, so many of you are uh, small business owners. You've got a family business. You'd love to be able to transfer it over to the next generation, but. I, I've talked to people who say, well, you know, I just can't do it because it, it, the cost of transferring it forward is, is it. So it becomes a generational thing where it just stops and it, does, it can't be compounded. And you can't grow decade after decade, generation after generation, because you, you just don't you've gotten yourself into a position where you can't afford to keep it in the family. And, you know, many it's funny you say that because many business owners work in their business, not on their business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they make a lot of money, they do very, very well, but they have no idea about how to transfer the wealth to their kids or whoever they want to transfer it to. And I think that's where we as advisors, you know, need to kind of maybe uh, learn about it or get somebody like George to sit down with the clients and, and figure out, maybe there's nothing you can do. Maybe you're doing all the right things. I have no idea. So, I encourage people to go to the website or actually talk to your advisor because that's the first place you should go. And if you don't have one, call us, give me a call. I can put you in touch with George and or we could sit down together as a team and try and figure out what's the best thing for you. Like, don't wait, you know, you know the should have, could have people we always talk about, man, I should have done that. I could have done that and I didn't do it. And now, now what do I do, right? So, yeah, so I think uh, it's important for people to sit down and, and again, like you and I talk about, Chris, plan do some planning for yourself you know and look exactly yeah. do some planning for yourself and for your family and like you always say another thing you talk about kelvin is don't be a know-it-all be a learn-it-all and you know this is proof positive right here kelvin's a guy who you know isn't going to just sit back and say yeah yeah i know this i know this i know he's got a team he's got a guy he's got george ramos on his side and when you've got a problem about insurance you've got a, something you want to know more about you can go to a guy like George. George, thank you so much for being part of the show here today. Definitely. You know, when people think, oh, the estate planning, that's for the rich, you know, and we have a what that looks like. And, and the reality is everyone has some need to do some estate planning, right? Whether it's, you know, even if you don't have kids, that might look like, you know, involving a charity in, in your estate planning. You know, it, you want whatever your plans are to be manifested when you die. Right. And that requires intention, even something as simple as is your will up to date? Does your will reflect your current financial situation? So those are the things you have to look at. So, you know, we covered uh, three things already. I want to talk about six things. We covered the family trust. We covered the insurance and the estate planning. So after the break, we'll we'll go through the other three things that we need to do to make sure our money transfers you know, efficiently to our kids, our heirs, whoever you want it to go to. Terrific. Thank you so much, George, for being part of the show. And don't forget, you can always visit Kelvin's website. That's askkelvin.ca. That's askkelvin.ca. More of your life, your money continuing here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. 
The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Your Life, Your Money. I am Chris Creston, joined as always by Kelvin, the money guy. You can visit his website at askkelvin.ca. That's ask, K-E-L-V-I-N dot C-A. And on that website, you've got a handy link in the top right-hand corner. It says schedule a call. You click on that and you're able to schedule a complimentary call with Calvin. You pick the time, you pick the date, and it's all set up. You don't have to worry about calling and leaving a message or anything like that. It's all set up. You set up the time. You say, I want to have a chat with Calvin Wednesday at 1.30. And boom, you've got your call set up to chat with Calvin about something that's going on in your life. Maybe it's estate planning. That's what we've been talking about this hour here on Your Life, Your Money. And uh, we're lucky last segment to be joined by George Ramos, who is the National Director of Advanced Planning for CART Financial. And we were able to bend his arm to stick around till the end of the show to help us learn more about estate planning and how that can be part of your financial plan moving forward. And you can start preparing for you know, a better life for your children, making sure that they have all those assets are hard earned by you in your life. And all that time you spend working and toiling for your family, you're able to pass it forward to them and not to the taxman. So, so that leads us to the next one, you know, the fourth one, which is an individual pension plan. And I, I an IPP by acronym, you know how in our business, we like RSP, like RSPs, RIFs, DF, <laughs> like, so another acronym to think about is IPP, individual pension plan. And when I think about this, I think about it as a super RSP. Like it gives you so much tax advantages as a business owner um, to shelter money. Not that we don't want to pay taxes. It's our duty to pay taxes. We live in the best country in the world. And I think we have our rights that we have our duty to pay. But sometimes there's things that we can do as business owners that we have no idea and nobody talks about it. So George, can you, can you elaborate more on this IPP thing? Us. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. For, so for business owners, if you own your own company incorporated, you should be looking at IPP instead of an RSP. It has a lot more power and flexibility. And, you know, a lot of business owners out there, what they do is come tax time, they, you know, they meet with their accountant and they say, oh, you know, you made too much money. <laughs> So, you know, so there are companies like that. There are companies like that. And what they have to do is they try and bonus themselves down to get mm-hmm. down to the half a million dollars of net income so that they, they're in the small business tax rate. Okay. The problem with a bonus down strategy is a bonus is considered income and it's taxed fully. Where instead of taking that bonus, because they've already probably taken a salary, that bonus we put into this IPP. And now not only do you not pay tax, and it's a full write-off. To the company, and 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 your RSPs, you can put what twenty percent of your income minus pension adjustments, right? And that's a maximum of what for the RSP for last year RSP twenty twenty thousand in that range. Right. With an IBP, you could actually shelter more, can you? So the it's mathematically they try and make it look the same, but here's the difference: with an RSP, you have that eighteen percent maximum per year, right? But with the IPP, it says, look, now you're at this point, you're 55, let's say. Right. Well, you have 10 years to retirement. What they're going to do is say, well, because you're starting this now and you have 10 years, we get to take 30 years of savings and do it in 10 years. Really? So we can accelerate your savings based on the time you didn't use an IPP. Wow. 
And okay. is there a cost to set that up? Minimal. So yes, it, there is a bit of a cost to, to set it up. It's a one-time cost. Imagine like setting up a trust, you know, a few thousand dollars. Right. Um, and then we just administer it like we would any other investment fund. So it's like the, like everything else, you pay a little to save a lot. Exactly. And there's other benefits with an IPP. For example, an RSP, when you turn 71, you have to turn it into a RIF. Right. With an IPP, you don't have to. In uh -huh. fact, if you don't need it, because maybe you have other income sources, maybe rental properties, other income, you could take your IPP and you could transfer it to your kids. It becomes their pension. Mm -hmm. That's unheard of with an RSP. So, so, so my next point about this is joint ownership of assets, right? So a lot of clients say to me, in fact, just a couple, couple of days ago, Calvin, I got this cottage a million bucks, right? How can I join it with my daughter? I, so I, for me, I said, well, you would have to pretend that you sold it today and pay the capital gains tax and then join it with her. Or you can leave it alone in your name and buy a big life insurance over the next and pay for it over the next 20 years because he's 60. It'll cost him about when I did the costs, I think it's about 300 grand, but he's gonna save like 800. So I'm gonna spend three to save eight. Is that a good thing? So can you tell us, George, about this joint ownership thing? Yeah, I've had this a lot. Even my own parents have asked me about this because they own a few properties and 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 one um, property we have in Portugal, we put in joint names with the kids, with myself, and my sister, and that's okay. But then they wanted to do their own home here, their principal residence. Definitely don't do that because now it makes that second property for 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 me and my my sister who right. own their own homes. Right. So that's not a choice. The other thing too, aside from trying to save tax, as soon as you put someone on title, now they're open to, to their creditor. So should your daughter or son have any kind of you know, creditor issues, loan issues, they can now attack your, your cottage or your home because it's in joint names with them. So sometimes a little good tax planning that you think mm -hmm. has other you know, negative repercussions. Or if the daughter gets married. Exactly. It becomes <laughs> a marital <laughs> Kelvin, you're right. It becomes a marital asset. Right. It's exactly uh, right. So, right. you know, a little tax planning you think you're doing might have unexpected consequences down the road. Yeah, because we don't think about that. I eh? don't think about oh, like my daughter, Brittany, man, she marries somebody and then that person or Jordan marries uh, someone. And, and what happens to the assets that they built? Or we, my wife, right. and I give to them if I'm going to give them any. I don't know. But uh, so, yeah, things we don't think about, you know, and that's why exactly. we, this shows your life, your money, because it's you work hard for your money. And we and like I say, we don't do any strategic planning about how we're going to pass all this wealth that we built to people. And we, and we always think about business owners, you know, but but now I'm seeing with clients of mine that they own houses, they own man things that they have. And and the tax liability, sometimes it's not going to be worth it to do it. I mean, before a long time ago, we had that lifetime capital gains tax, right? The 500000 wife and husband. So back then in our parents' days, it was easy because ah, that got to be the tax, right? Nowadays, it's totally changed. Yeah. So, you know, after the break, we'll maybe talk about the last one and maybe some little tidbits about uh, estate planning and yeah. Whole lot more talking about estate planning with Kelvin, the money guy, and George Ramos here on Your Life, Your Money on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Don't forget, you can always visit Kelvin's website, askkelvin.ca. That's askkelvin.ca. 
Ca to set up an appointment to chat with Calvin about anything in your money life. You want to talk to him about your RSPs and TFSAs. You want to talk to him about uh, about some of the things we've been talking about here today. Talk about an IPP. Talk about how to set up some of these programs so that you can better pass on the stuff that you've earned to your family so that they can be comfortable moving forward. And you can avoid some of the pitfalls that people make when they're doing it alone and when they're doing it sort of feeling around in the dark. You wanna check your work. You wanna double check what your money guy's been doing? AskKelvin.ca, that's ask, K-E-L-V-I-N dot C-A. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Your Life, Your Money here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Chris Cresson, joined as always by Kelvin, the money guy. Thank you so much for making us part of your Sunday morning. AskKelvin.ca is his website. That's Ask K E L V I N.ca. You can go there, ask him a question, set up a call, find out more information about everything we've been talking about, listen to past shows, all that stuff. AskKelvin.ca. Ask K E L V I N.ca. And Kelvin, this hour we've been talking about estate planning and you've been setting up some points for the things that people should be looking at when they start thinking about the daunting topic of estate planning. Well, you know, what I think is there's five components of estate planning. There's probably more, but I think the five important ones are, you know, a good estate plan is, is compromised of five elements, like everything else, you know. So there's wills, trusts that we talked about, power of attorney, healthcare, you know, or medical directives like, um, you know, and beneficiary designation. So a will, a will, you know, and we'll get into that in the, sex, in the next uh, segment there. A will is a legal binding document that directs who will receive your property and assets after you're dead, right? So, I, so it's important that people sit down and talk to their advisor or give me a call and go over these things because you don't want to like you don't want to sit there and go man I wish we had done this before. So that leads me to the next topic and many people in Canada don't have a will. It's really it's really shocking how um, you know we do all these things and we and we really have a will and I think one of the problem from my own experience with clients is that well who do we leave things to because Chris your family's better than Christine's family and hers is better than yours. So who am I going to leave my twins to? <laughs> no, man. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that before the twins came along, I just had to worry about who I was leaving my record collection to. And now I've got to worry about <laughs> these, these lives. These. <laughs> I, I know. So can you, George, tell us what's so important about a will? Perfect. Yeah. So let's talk about what happens if you don't have a will. Okay, good. Okay. Good. So if you don't have a will, you know, you would think it's pretty simple. Maybe if you have one heir, they would get that, but it doesn't even go directly to them. It still has to go through an executor who has to actually take your, your, um, your will or, or declare that there's going to be uh, an estate to distribute. And is there anyone out there that has a claim on this estate? So they actually have to advertise your estate is up, right? And there could be, you know, a family member, a brother, a sister says, look, I have a claim. They said I was going to get the family car, the family Porsche. And now all of a sudden, you got to go to court. So a simple little, uh, you know, 
everything goes out. I have one son. It's going to go all to my son. But the brother get, gets involved. <laughs> it happens all the time, right? So if you want to avoid that, having a legal document that says my son gets everything, is it? It's, it's not complicated. And, and look at how many famous people, you know, that you read about uh, that die and don't have a will. Like, like how, how do you, yeah. can you? Yeah, like, I mean, uh, one, I mean, you hear stories all the time, right? You heard about, uh, you probably heard about, you know, Prince. You know, Prince, the musician, he died. He didn't have a will. Uh, you know, he died, obviously, unexpectedly. So he probably didn't plan ahead. But regardless, not having a will, his estate, which you can imagine is quite a large estate, has been challenged. It's been in the court system for years and years. And that, right? that was in the news of a few weeks ago or something, exactly. like, if I remember, right? So, so there's people that, that want to benefit from that. You know, that they probably need some income from that, right? Regardless of their level of wealth. They, you know, now where do they get income? Their estate is tied up. They can't access it. And, and think about some of the uh, musicians, really, when you think of Elvis, right? His estate is worth more now, I think, than when he was alive. But so who gets all those royalties and so on? So you got to really right. think forward, eh? With, uh, the and, and, and it's easy to look at those and say, well, they should have done some planning based on that level. They can afford to do it. Don't get caught up on, well, a will's expensive. It's not an expensive proposition. If you have a simple estate, it's a simple document, right? And we could you know, recommend you lawyers or doc, you know, someone to do it. It is a legal document after the end of it. And you know what? It's not just the people like uh, Elvis or Prince. You don't have to have you know, Graceland in the family or anything like that. There's, it's, it's a ma matter of scale. The things that are important in your life are important to you and your family. And it would be a shame if someone, some, you know, third party or interloper were able to come in and uh, challenge your claim to something that your parents have or the claim to uh, to your children for something that you have and that you've earned. So, you know, George, can I let me ask you, for me, I think life insurance is the most simplest and easiest way to transfer wealth to the next generation. It might cost, you know, some in the beginning, but at the long run, you're better off. But we, we talk, we hear about trust and will. Yeah. And wills, right? Which, in your opinion, you think, like, is one better than the other or it depends on the, the situation? Well, they're not mutually exclusive, right? You can have a will create a trust, right? Which is a testamentary trust, a trust created through the will. But, you know, the, the question is, I would look at it and say, well, first off, a will is necessary. Let's just stop there. God have a will. Okay. Now, the trust, on the other hand, that's more of a conversation as to whether or not you need a trust. Right. So the reason to have a trust is to put assets in a different ownership owned by this trust. So you might want to do that. Maybe you have a, a child that can't manage their own expenses. They have some illness. Maybe you have you know, too large an estate. It's too complicated to be managed by your spouse or your kids. So you want someone to manage it. So there's different reasons to have a trust. Um, so don't just jump into a trust because it sounds like a good idea. We really need to discuss is it the right choice for you? And, and like I say, it's, you know, you sit down with your advisor and see what, what's better for you. Are you doing all these things? Like, you know, and if you're not doing it, talk to them and get it and get it done. If you give us a call, I mean, George is our national director of advanced planning, which sounds like a lot of things, but he breaks it down into simple little things like we always do on these shows. You know, don't complicate your life, make it very simple. And live your money life backwards and live your life forward. Go have fun, enjoy your life, but make sure you have enough to carry you through till you die. And more importantly, when you die, that all that hard work goes to your kids 
it doesn't make a big pit stop at the CRA. It goes right to your kids or whoever you want it to go to. It doesn't, doesn't matter, I guess. George, I don't know. Well, that's that, that's exactly it. At the end of the day, you've worked hard for your life, for your, all of your assets. Why make the, the government your biggest beneficiary? That's it. They'll get their share eventually, right? But why just give them more than they need to? That's it. Yeah, no, I'm glad you, I'm glad we caught up with you because a lot of things you've said, I kind of know the, the surface of it, but when, you, but when you get really into the heart of it, you need the more in-depth thing. And maybe some, some people listening don't need all this stuff. I don't know, but give us a call, call your advisor and be prepared for all these things because I say the future looks bright for many of us in the markets and so on. Live a great life and plan your money life and you'll be thankful for doing that. Absolutely perfect. Thank you so much for making some time for us this morning, George and Kelvin, Kelvin, the money guy, the guy that you tune into this time every Sunday morning right here on Your Life, Your Money. And thank you to the listeners for making us part of your Sunday morning. I hope that you learned something. I learned a lot. If you want to learn some more, reach out to Kelvin. You can always visit his website. That's askkelvin.ca. That's ask askkelvin.ca. Set up a call with him and go over your estate planning. And you know he's got a great team in his corner. And George Ramos is one of those guys. And thank you, George, for making uh, some time for us here today. And thank you. Thank you, Kelvin, for a lot of information here. And thanks to all the listeners. Stay tuned to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.